Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 238, covering Phage and the Cloud, with Kevin Lynch. Hi friends, it's week three of Voyager, and uh, it's it's been our intention to talk to some people who, who enjoy the show, who can maybe defend the show, give us a do- different point of view, but we don't have any of those this week, instead we have Flonk. Hey everybody! <laughs> who may be the Voyager hatingest guy we know. <laughs> I may have named my... I think after uh, how much I hate Voyager. That's pretty impressive considering our friends, but you know what? I buy it. I, either him or Irish Gav, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of the other regular guests, Amanda hasn't seen it, Bob hasn't seen it, Nate remembers it fondly. So yeah, these these two. Yeah. To be fair, Gav and I hate it for completely different reasons, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, but to be equally fair, you two are also the only ones I know who have seen the show all the way through. Mm. That's not a good sign. If you're the two who hate it, and you're the ones who have seen it, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff where where you're you guys while we're watching the episode, you're like, well, this isn't that bad. This doesn't annoy me so much. Like, yeah, well, just wait. (laughs) You poor, poor fools. We can't, we can't do that though. And you know, we have to try. Yeah, Mm -hmm. try to try. I talk about a lot of things having potential, knowing full well that they don't goes away. But this show might as well be called Star Trek Wasted Potential. Yeah. <laughs> or let's drop the Star Trek and maybe we'll get some more viewers that way. Oh wait, that's that's the other yep. one. That's the other good, good uh-huh. bad show. Uh, you, no. you see, you say that and yet Yeah. Yeah. We're we'll we'll have that argument in a couple of years. For now, uh-huh. we're pretty much on the same page or phage. Ugh. That was actually pretty good, but still. Ugh. No, it was terrible, but uh <clears throat> You're a bad man who should feel bad about what you did. Yep. Now let me tell you what what happened in the episode called Phage, which is a real word, Matt. <clears throat> I don't buy it. It it does sound like a super made up like '90s word, doesn't it? Like a phage. <laughs> yes. When they uh, when Doctor Strange briefly became a superhero, he was known as Phage. <laughs> it feels like there should be a silent X in there somewhere. Was that when he had that black and white smear helmet like Rorschach? Yes. All right. Because all bad '90s comics stole the wrong things from Watchmen. Yeah, yep. it's true. But he was the he was the hero of Watchmen. You guys knew that, right? Mm-hmm. Who, Doctor well, Strange? That's if you <laughs> asked visionary director Zack Snyder, yes. Mm-hmm. Everybody's favorite Rorschach. <laughs> Matt or uh, Flunk, we're talking about a different thing. You hate. Not, oh, uh, right, not right, right. Look, now you're one step away from talking about Man of Steel, and we're not doing that now. Oh. Another it's time. such a bad movie, though. There's a conversation I'd like to have with you if, after. If I Henry watch Man Cavill ever shows up in Star Trek, then uh, we'll talk about that. But there's really no direct path there. Instead, let me tell you what happens in Phage. We've thrown around harsh words like uninspired, low these past two weeks. Have we only been covering Voyager for two weeks? Huh. Well, anyway, it's episode five, and while we're still pretty obviously borrowing from previous Trek series, they are at least stealing from the best. This episode, you see, is the Spock's brain of Voyager. Wait, where are you going? If I have to summarize these episodes, you have to listen to me summarize them. Get back here, mister. I, I would have said get back here, ma'am, but it's not crunch time yet. So Voyager, or THE Voyager, I don't think we've quite established this definitively, discovers a rogue planetoid, which they identify by saying the phrase rogue planetoid approximately 400 times like so much exocomp. <laughs> Chakotay beams down with an away team, which includes Neelix for some reason. Then Neelix doesn't listen to anything anyone tells him to do, and his lungs get stolen. No, seriously. The rest of the episode consists of a deadly game of cat and mouse where Voyager chases some other ship into a rock full of mirrors in an effort to get Neelix's lungs back because otherwise Neelix won't have lungs and what? Of course this is more important than our incredibly long trip home. If we can't stop every three light years for some stupid side mission, then what is even the point of being out here? So while Neelix lies at an iron lung in sick base, sobbing about his missing vital organs and thinking Tom Paris is a creep, I continue to wonder why people don't like this character. That all seems pretty relatable to me. Finally, Janeway tracks down the Frankenstein's doctor's monsters that stole Neelix's lungs, and naturally they refuse to return them. But because this is Voyager, they do happen to have the technology to just make him better and put everything back exactly the way it was. Which begs the question, why didn't you just do that in the first place? 
We have special lung-making rays, but we can't use them on ourselves. But we can use them on you. They can they can live with one lung is what ends up actually happening. Mm. Yeah. And so Kess gives up one of hers. I'm like, well, if you guys can all share lungs among each other, then why are you stealing other people's? Or why don't you just little... steal one of Neelix's lungs? I think it's a little too early in the series for everyone to be sharing lungs. Cassians have like eight lungs anyway, so... Well, if if that's the case, and they only live like nine years, they must like shed lungs every spring or something. Yeah, yeah, they mold. They shed, they shed all organs. Her ears right. are due to fall off any day now. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, uh, the fountains I, in the mall are just clogged up with like ears <laughs> and fingers. Which mall? There's so many of them in the Delta Quadrant. Oh my god, that's malls for days. That was the best part of these two episodes, is that they featured no malls. No, but we were back in those terrible planet hell caves that were always in in every iteration of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. I, I still don't like them. And I will continue not to like them. Yep, but that's not my bad thing. Well, what is? Let's talk about good things first. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now, just my, my good thing and Al's bad thing are, are related, so... Uh, yeah, they're so exactly the same thing, as a matter of fact. Right, um, let's start there. I think that the fake science was pretty cool. Um, I like the idea of holographic lungs. Um, so, yeah, there's some neat Federation science. Uh, the Vidian science is dumb, though, just like everything else about them. Well, yeah, like I said, they could have just, like, if they can live with one lung, why didn't they just steal one of Neelix's? Or why did you spend 2,000 years creating lung-stealing uh, rays instead of curing the disease that you have? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, there's there's a lot of issues there. I'm going to have to take... You mean the phage they have? It's it's a real sure. thing, Matt. I don't know. Bacteriophage. It's a real thing. No. Strong bad, strong bad was one one time. Words. Nope. Mm. Strong well, Strongbad did it, you know, it was definitely a real thing and not a lie. Right. It's true. Exactly. I've seen you uh, type with boxing gloves on. Uh-huh. I'm going to have to take issue with you, though, Flunk, because holographic lungs make absolutely no sense whatsoever. Next time there's a blood drive, I'm going to go down to the Red Cross and donate a picture of my blood. <laughs> like, that's... Like, all they're doing is projecting a light projection of the organ but it's chest. That it's doesn't make sense. A Star Trek hologram, which is a weird combination of replicators and forest fields and everything else and it's it's not a permanent solution he can't move like it's yeah, it just doesn't make sense if they can replicate it that's fine it's but just then something they, they're doing to keep him alive while they come up with the real solution see that's why i buy the whole thing is like it's because doing it shouldn't work and doesn't work for very long like he's gotta like... be stuck in this fucking tube at, where he literally cannot move an inch I like it dramatically. I like the, the idea that the best Star Trek. Yeah. No, the, excuse me. The best. Sorry, I'm trying to. I'm with... trying to be American. Uh, <laughs> well, do better. No. No, I like that the best thing we can come up with is barely a a, a fix, and he's going to be in horrible pain for the rest of his life, and he's going to be stuck. But I just the idea that they're holograms, just like what. Mm -hmm. putting a picture of a thing where the thing goes and that sort of works that well, doesn't think, make any sense i think with the holodeck we've gotten to the point where like you know our holograms are detailed enough that, and also solid enough that they can you know they can be a stopgap solution for this nope does not make sense but you know if he stands up they'll jiggle out of place and uh fall out uh that holograms. was the problem right they it's not a, yeah yeah jiggling i'm pretty sure they said <laughs> jiggling yeah that's the official medical term no, it's it's a hologram is a picture of a thing. It's just a 3D picture of a thing. A 3D solid picture. But a 3D picture of a thing that works. If you build a gun in the holodeck, all the chemical reactions still work to make the gun fire. Okay, so how come then the lungs don't work? Like, how come they only work a little bit? They should because either work he's or got because it's it's all the complex uh, systems of, of your body, all your blood and your airways and everything, all have to line up perfectly. Okay. Yeah. So as soon as as soon as he moves or anything, then they don't, and it completely falls apart. Okay. So why don't they just take his transporter pattern, which is in the transporter buffer, and just beam the lungs back into his chest? Because they did that to learn what to make the holographic lungs look like. That doesn't make sense. Obviously, it doesn't make. Look, sense. I'm reaching, but <laughs> yes, you're definitely reaching. Yes, uh, definitely. No, I I did not care for that. But but again, dramatically, I did like it, and I mm -hmm. actually will give. Ethan Phillips some credit. I think he did a good job of wacky guy suddenly in a serious situation. Uh, no? I would like to... I, I mean, look, he did the best job he could, and I think that job was very good. The problem is, we keep cutting to close-ups of his of his face, 
and he has a weird like like Star Trek thing on his head that keeps flashing a light like he's wearing a helmet with a siren on it. <laughs> and anytime he's uh, I might be stuck in here for the rest of my life. And what am I and I'm super jealous of Tom Paris, so what am I gonna do? And on top of his head's like wee 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 I was waiting because your note said wee you wee you and I was <laughs> yeah. waiting to see if you were gonna say wee you wee you. I that that is such a Matt like observation. Yeah, you're not wrong about the the complex like you know psychological thing happening and the good acting, but there's a light, so I don't look know. at this stupid thing in the background though. The, there's a shovel, so everything else goes out the window. That was a terrible that fucking shovel. shovel. How dare you? <laughs> What's that, Flunk? That was a terrible shovel. Thank uh, you. I, I Fuck. Disagree. Still don't agree. Still well, that's that's shovel. okay. You're allowed to be wrong. Okay. Lousy shovel. That's that's okay. At least at least I have the correct. He uh, wasn't building a sandcastle. He was trying to do some excavation. <laughs> We're not talking about Deep Space Nine anymore. Eh, I'll just dig up the whole planet with my shovel. That's a foot long. He's not dig digging. Uh, I dig stopped at the dig. dollar store on my way to the planet and bought a shovel. I think I'm gonna go have a smoke while you guys <laughs> talk about shovels from the last show. Also brought by no, Kale. It's, it's Voyager. You have to go have a coffee break. Of but course. we'll get to that. That's that's the next episode. No, I don't know. Like, I really do think he did a good job of, like... Because he is the wacky comic relief guy, and he actually was stuck in a serious situation, and he actually, like... You could tell he was trying to keep the veneer of being wacky up, but... Yeah, that's yeah, always like... Sort He's... of bleak jokes, because he can't move, and he can barely breathe, and just everything's terrible now. Well, I like that we start with his, like, these ceilings are terrible, and... Uh, let's get a planted here, and I'm desperately trying to be Neelix. And, yeah, and then and later then on, it, when he just freaks the fuck out. It gradually yeah. slides to, I need to get out of here. I know it's going to kill me. I don't care. Let me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes from, yeah. from wacky jokes to, to full-on panic attack. Right. And I, I think he did a good job. Like, acting-wise, I think he did a good job. Mm -hmm. And I... From what I gather from, from you canaries in the coal mine who have gone ahead of us, there's not going to be a lot of that, so I'm trying oh. to call it out where I see it. That's why I'm lingering on this, because maybe <laughs> we won't be able to do that again. Uh, Matt, what was your... Although he does keep a, a big helmet with a siren on top for the rest of the series, so... <laughs> oh, as man. Said, as you said, he likes uh, reenacting the opening credits to Police Squad. Yes. So I was thinking this is canonically the first appearance of the Spock helmet. No, because this happens after. Oh, oh, you mean the Spock, the toy Spock helmet? The toy Spock helmet. You know what I'm talking about, right? I that do, white, yeah. that white helmet that says Spock on it in big yeah, I... block letters and has a siren on the top. Yeah, I thought you meant the Spock's brain helmet. But yeah, oh no, no. no. <laughs> uh, so Matt, what was your good thing? I really like the fucked up patchwork uh, aliens. I think that's some nice makeup. Yeah, it's the first aliens yeah. we've seen in the Delta Quadrant that don't look terrible. Like garbage, yeah. Well, I mean, they look like garbage, but they're supposed to. Yeah. In that they look like someone threw them away. Well, Flunk compared them to the Toxic Avenger, which is fairly, like, fairly yeah. accurate. They have that kind of, like, slidey skin and, and droopy eyeballs. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are those are cheesy, terrible movies, but they're meant to be, and the, the makeup was pretty good. Like, that's, yeah. that's not yeah. an insult to say they look like that guy. No, and, like, like I like the, the, I like the idea of these sort of, like, we're just trying to survive. Like, look at us. Yeah. This is, this is every day. Yep. Well, and, and my good thing is when they finally do beam them on the ship, uh, Janeway, I got to say, I don't know. I said this on social media earlier this week. Like, I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome or what, but Janeway's growing on me. And Mulgrew specifically, like, yeah. all that stuff I was saying about her not having gravitas, like, in the pilot, she's getting it. Like, yeah. She feels more captain -y. She feels more leader-y to me now. And she's got this awesome speech. Like, I, w I would say awesome. It's It's up there with, like... Some of the better, eh, maybe not Picard speeches, but maybe <laughs> at least the Kirk speeches. Sure. Well, it's it's very Starfleet. It's very, this is our moral like stance, and this is why it's complicated for me. And she really sells like, okay, I could kill you and make my guy alive, but that makes me a murderer like you. Or mm -hmm. I could let him die and let you live, and that's no good either. Oh Christ, what do I do? And just. I don't know. She does a really good job of it. Yeah, no, she's Janeway is currently the best thing about the show. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I go quite that far, but she's definitely really grown on me. Well, I mean, what do you think is the best thing about this show? Oh, the doctor, but that's that's mm. an easy answer. Oh yeah, I forgot about the doctor. Yeah. I don't think he's been I don't think he's been interacting with the crew enough. 
Well, that's true. He's always off like on they, his own because he can't leave. Yeah, yeah part of that. Like, all he can do is like, inter- like yeah. Yeah. there are still crew members he hasn't talked to, and we're five episodes in. Like everyone else has had at least one conversation with everyone else. No, and in the next episode, he calls them on the view screen, and they just mute him. Like nobody yeah. wants to listen to him. No, I like the Doctor a lot, but um, I I feel like he's still underused. No, he's a thing we cut away to because no one else is like he's not part of anyone else. You're right about that. The problem with a character like him, though, is you kind of have to keep him underused. Yeah. Um, because when no, you focus on becomes about him, then yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When when you focus on somebody like Which that, it I takes away from happens, his appeal. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like a couple episodes a year about him would be okay. Like you know, like a mm. guy like Odo or something. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Odo is a perfect example where, yeah. um. He was usually better as a supporting character than as a as a main guy. Yeah, of course, but you also don't like Schmoopy Odo. So I that's hate Schmoopy Odo. Yeah. I also hate Schmoopy Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> a little spoiler for what's coming up. Yeah, Who does he schmoop with? Uh, you'll get to it. Other than the fact that he apparently that like he apparently only has relationships with the women on the, on the ship so far. That's it's it's really obvious uh, answer. Who he schmoops on? So. Ah, yeah. I. I assume it's seven of nine. Sure yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're also listeners. We we are not concerned with spoilers for Voyager, mostly oh, because okay. We well, we uh, Alan Matt have not seen most of the show, so yeah. if we accidentally spoil something, it's not like we're telling you most of the series. And also, there's not a ton of serialization, as I recall. So like, now seven yeah. of nine is actually a really good character, and um, it's it's weird that the sexy robot lady is actually like really interesting, but um. And her relationship with the Doctor in general is good, but there is also lots of I'm secretly in love with you and don't want to say anything. Uh, that's too bad. Yeah. I do like I do like the I always enjoy the inherent irony of the non-human simulated human teaching the actual human who's no longer a human how to be a human. <laughs> There's a lot of human. Yep. <laughs> the holographic adventure is just beginning. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Flunk, what was your bad thing? Um. All right. Neelix keeps a dirty ass kitchen. <laughs> Keeping consistent with you using your life experience to uh, filter your perceptions. Look, I don't know what the Starfleet food safety standards are, but if they're anything like the engineering safety codes, I bet they're pretty pretty strict. And Neelix is one filthy motherfucker. Where are your gloves, you furry bastard? <laughs> Well, yeah, you when you were working like uh, in in food areas at your job, you weren't allowed to have like a, a beard, right? Uh, oh no, that was that was different. Oh, that was it. That was an aesthetic yeah, thing. Yeah. Did, did uh, they see, make thought, you put a hair, that a was hair a nut on the beard? No, but like oh, he's sorry. got just produce just lying around. Uh, everything is on fire. Like he's just shedding everywhere. Ah, he's wearing a hat, but his stupid sideburns are coming out the sides. That's uh, that's even that's ignoring his extensive gross eyebrows too. Like, no ice anywhere. <laughs> Is that an important thing? Ice? Yeah. Well, you know, refrigeration technology has has improved a lot over the last hundred years. But the best way to keep things cold is just drop a bag of ice on top. Oh, that's fair. I don't know. They might have some magic future technology. Who knows? Eh. Air conditioner, some kind of cold stasis field or something. Yeah, but he's also lighting the, the the ship on fire while he's doing it. So well, yeah, we have we have rules that about this tr- about lighting sh- fires on a ship. It's called Worf's Law. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop it! Don't do that. No, it's he, it's supposed to be. Look, he's got all these pots on the boil and all these fires, and he's a wacky guy, and everything's chaos. But it, it's just kind of terrible. Yeah, yeah. I need that. I would use up my replicator rations just to avoid going into there. I don't yeah. want to get E. coli. No, and the thing is, we've talked about the the idea of a ship's cook being a good one. Like, yeah, li- like resources are limited. You got to make food, like grow it in the hydroponic bay and cook it rather than replicate it. Except this doesn't seem like something they hold on to for very long. So I, yeah. I don't know. Like, it seems like a thing they kind of abandoned. Well, no, he, he keeps on cooking. Yeah, the whole series. not replicating things. Yeah. Like. Keep on cooking. They just, they just do it because that's what the show does, not because they need to. Right. And it I don't know. Like I like it in theory, but he also he's he's from the far off Delta Quadrant. Maybe some of their food is poison, who knows? Lots of their food is poison. Nobody likes to eat it. They're constantly Uh, talking about how terrible it tastes. Yeah, that's true. And usually things taste terrible because they're poison. It's true. But I I, you know, to bring it back to what I was frogs. 
What? That's why you can't eat dart frogs. What's a dart frog? It's a poison frog. It lives in the Amazon. You can't eat it, and it tastes terrible. Oh. Is this is this something I should know? Because you're acting like it's a thing everyone knows. Yeah. You know, I mean, dart frogs. I mean, I guess if you never go to the Amazon, it's not that important. But, like, you know, I mean, I frog. order from Amazon. Well, yeah, but they're not going to send you a dart frog unless you order one. Who ordered a crunchy ordered frog one? from Amazon? Crunchy frog? Wasn't it, like, don't they call it, like, real, live, unboned dead frog or something like that? <laughs> uh, legally, yes, but... Ah. Very well. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? Oh, you I already talked about it. The, the Neelix's hat. Wii U, Wii U. Yes, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U. No, I don't, I don't really get... Okay, let's talk about Cass. I don't get why everyone hates her so much. Who? Like, yeah, I'm not real clear on that either. She's pretty good in this one, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Who are you talking about? Uh, yeah, here we go. Oh, <laughs> right, Cass. right. That weird little, like, plank of wood that's just hanging around sickbay. No, 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 no. That's, uh, that's Chakotay, and he's hanging yeah. around the bridge. <laughs> That guy Every deck gets a boring character to hang out on. <laughs> Fair. No, I don't know. There's I like a Vulcan so that stays in engineering who fills that. Well, in fairness, Vulcan, like, you can't really criticize a Vulcan for not being emotional enough. Not, he's not expressive enough. Yeah, but he's a Vulcan. Come on, buddy, smile. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you Felix? <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. I'm picturing, no, no, that's a Tom Paris move. Like, yeah. Hot Vulcan chick walking down the street. Hey, honey, you should smile. <laughs> smile more, you'd look better. Yeah. That would totally be a Tom Paris movie. Ugh, I hate Tom Paris. Yeah. But I, like, Cass, like, she's the only one who treats the Doctor like a person. We've talked about yeah. that. And Amanda pointed out, she's really the most Star Trek character on the show so far. Like She's got that whole, like, not... looking around, like, sure, let's get, get out there and get our hands well, dirty. And she's always, like, like, Neelix is like, why are we exploring stuff? Meh, 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 meh. And she's <laughs> like, because that's what they do, because they want to learn about things and see the universe and da da da. It's a good Neelix, Al. <laughs> Was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that definitely sums up his character. Yep. <laughs> he does drop a Mr. Vulcan again, which I just like cringed on your behalf. Oh, there we go. Matt's going to hate that so much. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Vulcan. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Mister Vulcan. Like it's it's more of a like it, it's a it's a black comedian doing a white dude voice. <laughs> oh, the yes. Dave Chappelle white guy impression. Yeah. Hello, I'm Neelix. <laughs> I'm your friend. I yep. sure do like white bread. <laughs> I like white bread and having lungs. <laughs> well, now he's only got one. Well, well I don't know. Cass, damn. Like Cass is sort of selfless and sort of like she sees the sort of the nobility of like. Things like the Doctor, where people don't really see him as a life form, and she does. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just, I like, I totally get that. She, she seems like, sort of like the human spirit, only not annoying. But, yeah. You know, everyone who's seen the show hates her, so. I who knows? well, we'll just have to fall in line, I suppose. I, I guess. Uh, yeah, she's got one note, and it gets really monotone over the next couple of years. Fair enough. Well, we can only judge what. All we right. See well, cur- well, currently. Also, I think she's cute. So yeah, that bad. too. That's a that's a big selling factor for me. Uh, it's 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 a minor one, but it's definitely in there. She wears that weird uh, she wears that weird uh, shirt thing that Bob and I like so much. In the <laughs> that next was one episode. of your good things last week for yep. some reason. Uh, oh, one of his good things. Thank okay, you. I couldn't remember which of which of you it was. My good thing is a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best I can do. It's a great shirt. Yep. Um, I do also like uh. Tuvok and Janeway have an established friendship, which I, I really like. I've liked that before, and I yep. continue to, like, there's a point where he's like, uh, we really shouldn't fly into that asteroid, but you're thinking about flying into that asteroid, aren't you? Yep, sure am. Oh, god damn it. I really... I like it. Yeah. I really liked him flying into that asteroid. Yeah, it was fine. I think but it's I cool just... bringing, you know, bringing Voyager into big rocks and stuff. I, I agree, but then it's a hall of mirrors and there's ten voices. Yeah, yeah I, w- I, 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 I'll agree with you there. I really wish that it wasn't like the end of a terrible '80s action movie. I'm in yeah. here somewhere, Doctor, but yeah. where? Na, 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 na. Which one? Yeah. Which one of us is the real one? There's Am I over here? From the sea or here? And so forth. Yeah, it's not great. And then, uh, then they shoot a, bi- a million lasers, and some cat somewhere is just going nuts. <laughs> There's a Cation crew member downstairs who's just like, oh my god! Is that what they're called? Cations? I think it's Cation, yeah. Oh, right. I thought it was Cadian. I bet you might be right. 
They didn't even try like Felinian or something. Just like I, cat. Just ugh. yeah, Acacian from the Meowmin planet. Oh god, <laughs> from Meowmix Six. Please <laughs> uh, rise for the national anthem. Meow 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 meow. Yeah, Captain, you have been invited to a fancy feast. <laughs> I can has warp factor six. God, uh, God damn it! God damn it, Lieutenant! I just let you into engineering, and now you want back out again? <laughs> the Romulans are here. Invisible spaceship. <laughs> Ceiling cat is watching you reconfigure the warp nacelles. <laughs> no, it's watching Tom Paris masturbate. Yeah, probably. Well, we'll get holodeck. to that. <laughs> we really will get to that. Oh. Um. So, anything else? Um, yeah, there's a scene where the doctor's, um, uh, really, like, stressed out and annoyed with, with everything that's going on. Oh, yeah, he's, like, tired. Yeah, it was, it was, like, the computer version of being sleep-deprived. It yeah. was, it was really cool. No, and he lays it out for us so it makes sense. He's like, I was only designed to be turned on during emergencies. I was not designed to be on all the time. Nobody tells me anything. Like, it all makes sense that he's yeah, like that. that he would get, yeah, stressed out and frustrated. All that said, though, I love that he's snarky, but I don't get why he's snarky. Like, if you're going to make an emergency doctor, you should make him, you know, like if if you're going to go to all the trouble of making a fake doctor that looks human, shouldn't he have good bedside manner? You'd think, right? Like, shouldn't he be kind and patient? And he's the opposite of those. Yeah, he's complaining how the ship doesn't have a counselor. I'm like, well, in this emergency situation, wouldn't you be the counselor? Yeah, they talked about that with Bones back in the day, like how the chief medical officer was also expected to be sort of the chief psychiatrist. Like, mm -hmm. that's just part of your job. And he's sort of shrugging off the psychological effects of what's happening to Neelix, but that's part of it. Like, part of going through a heavy shock is that denial and that horrible just, like, you know, depression and all that stuff. Like, he should be prepared for that. Yeah. But, I, you know, I like the character and I like that he's the outsider commenting on how terrible everything is, so. I, I, I forgive a lot of things because of that. Mm. So, anything else? Uh, this um, episode also had another example of um, over-explaining, using technical uh, words, something that's really simple. When the aliens needed their uh, air uh, purification organs. Oh, God. They're, they're called I, lungs. Yeah. I'm starting to see that as just a thing Voyager does. That's No, it's Voyager. a thing Star Trek does. It's just Voyager does it more clumsily. Yeah. Like, I saw it in Next Gen, and I even saw it in DS9. Like, let's not pretend that this is the only show that does that. Mm. It's just they do it worse. It's just between that and the excess technobabble. There's a fuck ton of technobabble oh, on this and, show. And they lean really heavy on, like, a balloon, but something bad happens. Yeah. Like, there's a ton. It happens almost well, every Both episode. of these episodes, we had a lot of clumsy versions of that. Yeah. Like, it's going in a stream, and a rock disrupts the... Yeah, and then we'll put a crack in the ice. Uh-huh. And then, like, uh, I don't know, it's like a Paris Bistro or something. That's... Ugh. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. First, though, I got a quote. Yeah, play your quote. Uh, and it's the Doctor doing something I've been wanting to do for five episodes now. But a hologram is just a projection of light held in a magnetic containment field. There's no real matter involved. Which just made me happy. Yep. And yeah. one of you pointed out in Memory Alpha, there's even a quote from Robert Picardo who says, that was a great Star Trek moment. Yep. <laughs> it sure was, Robert Picardo. It sure was. Good job. Pat yourself on the bald head. <laughs> and, and by the way, feel free to punch him every episode. Yeah, please do. Mm. I would I would not dread tuning in that way. Yeah. It's no, some, I gotta it's say. Always a, good, always a good thing to have. I gotta say, both episodes this week, like, I really, I seriously was legitimately dreading, like, oh, this is gonna be terrible. They weren't boring. Like, mm -hmm. they didn't drag in the middle like so oh, many of them do. I no, disagree. I disagree. On both counts, but especially with the second one. And I thought there was some salvageable character stuff in both of them that made it not just, like, a lot of times there's episodes that are just about the plot and just about whatever stupid yep. thing's happening this week, and there's no character stuff, and that's where I get completely lost, but... There were a lot of little moments in both of these that made him okay. Oh, yeah. No, I'll give you that. Particularly with the captain, but with some other guys, too. And the mm -hmm. captain is the one I thought needed it the most, so that's what made me happy. But <laughs> Okay, job. I'll I'll give you the second one did drag in the middle. You're right about that. 
but why don't you tell us about it, Flunk? Alright, so this the episode cloud. is The Cloud, wow. in which Voyager starts to use off-site data storage. Um, Neelix has been shitting in a French press and trying to pass it off as coffee, and Janeway has had enough. There's a weird space blob oozing out replicator juice, and she wants it. Bad. So they put two big buckets on either side of the ship and start collecting the goop. But before they can get anything useful, the ship starts shaking. Spaderol uh, particles are up by 57%. Reroute power through. Uh, you know the drill by now. The point is, by the time the ship leaves the space blob, they've got less whatever it was that they needed. There's some shit on the hull, so Voyager's going to hang out for a day or two to analyze it before moving on. The ship is in a power crisis, so that night, Tom Paris breaks into Harry's room while he's asleep to take Harry down to the holodeck to watch him jerk off. To up the creepy ante, Harry starts talking about his mother's vagina. I am not exaggerating any of this for comic effect. As soon as they get to the holodeck, these two floozies start hitting on Tom, and the whole time, Harry was talking about his mother's vagina. Then they played Dom John or something, I don't know. I, j- I just can't with the show sometimes. <laughs> in other parts of the ship that are also completely un- un- uninterested in exploring space, Janeway decides to let Chakotay take her on a vision quest because his people. So we get to watch Kate Mulgrew relax on the beach and talk to a lizard instead of exploring outer fucking space. I just can't with this show, you guys. <laughs> Suddenly, someone remembered that there was a plot to this episode. Turns out the space blob is alive. Uh, show of hands, who saw that coming? All of you? Okay, then. Since Voyager literally ripped it a new asshole, they have to go back and fix it. So they recalibrate the phasers, modulate the shield, whatever, you know the drill. They fix it. It looks like they won't, but they will. And now that the ship has even less power than they did at the start of the episode, everyone gets to fuck around in the holodeck. Hooray! Hooray. Question mark? Cloud. (laughs) Cloud. Yeah. I liked the bookends, I'll say. I liked the, the bits. Well, I mean, this is really your bad thing, Flunk. Uh, yeah, this episode does a real shit job of balancing character and plot, huh? Uh, the episode can be divided into three distinct sections. The opening adventure, two character-based asides that have nothing to do with each other or even the rest of the episode. Uh, then everyone gets back together for a sequel to part one. Yeah. No, I like the I like the two bits on either end, but the middle part is Oh man, just interminable middle part. Just it never ended. I I I didn't find it that. I just found it annoying, but I didn't think they were particularly long. Oh just, god, I couldn't They were s- long cuz they were just so boring. Fucking well, Paris and Harry in god in the goddamn holodeck bar went on forever. And just when you think it might get close to stopping, Harry and or uh, Paris introduces a new floozy to hang off of his shoulder. Yeah, he's literally sandwiched between two women the entire wow. time he's there. Like Yeah. Paris is gross. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. He's just but gross. Let, let let's be clear. Flunk was exactly right that he did not exaggerate that Harry Kim Talks about his mother's womb. That is true. Which he apparently remembers being in and decides that he needs to share this with everybody. Like I he wears a he wears a blindfold when he sleeps, which okay, some people do that. That's fine. But he does it because it reminds him of the womb. Mm -hmm. What? I I can't like Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of Harry doing all of this as like to try and get Tom to stop being his friend. Well, that was our that was <laughs> yeah. our theory was because Tom or uh, yeah Tom Paris just showed up one day and said I'm your friend and he's like oh god how do I get rid of this guy he's a su- he's a superior officer so I can't just say fuck off so okay he's creepy I got to be creepier than him what can I be creepy about vaginas yeah yeah because that's what he's into so I'll just talk about my mom's vagina and that'll send him away and how I want to go back in there yeah and then and then Tom Paris just says well I wouldn't mind going back there too or something something horrible like that. Oh. It's like, yeah. so you just want to fuck his mom. That's great. Not Tom Paris wants to fuck everybody. Yeah, I know. And no, mom. only women. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah, he's he seems a little too into making sure that you know that he's into women. Oh, that's uh-huh. a good point. Well, as as Amanda pointed out last week, when he said he had five girlfriends, we met him when he was in prison. <laughs> and I, I wish she had told me that before we started recording, because that that would have been worth some discussion, I think. <laughs> But yeah, he just, he continues to be just the grossest. He even says one of the floozies on the holodeck is based on his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, God. That, you're... I bet she doesn't know that. Yeah. 
much like Leah Brahms, and Leah Brahms got to yell at Jordy, whereas this chick is 80,000 light years away and doesn't even know about it. Yep. So, you know. Now, they keep trying to make him, like, the dashing rogue, and he keeps being disgusting. Well, I talked about this in the pilot. It works with Jonathan Frakes, which is why we liked him so much, because it's a hard character to make work. Mm -hmm. He was smarmy and hitting on every woman, but it was, I don't know, he was kind of charming. Yeah, he's got some charming charisma to him, and and Robert Duncan McNeil does does not have that. I I never got... got frat boy. Yeah. I never got the idea that uh, Riker would, like, if he was turned down by some woman, would go, what the fuck do you mean you're not going to have sex with me? Yeah. I absolutely buy that from Paris. Yeah. 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 I agree. I, and uh, just... Like, uh, with with Riker, it was always, it was, a th- it was a thing he did for fun that he did with other people who thought it was fun, you know? Yeah, and you could tell it was like a game, like a, like a, like, we're equals and we're kind of, like, sparring. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, back and forth. Where Tom is all about the pickup artist, like it's all about the conquest. It's like, yeah. how can I trick women into having sex with me? You yeah, we're, that, we're uh, that scene with Guinan and Riker, like yes, if exactly. Tom Harris tried it, like she would just immediately shut him down. And, yeah. yeah. No, that scene that scene with Guinan and Riker, that is Riker's ideal flirt right there. Yeah. Someone who can keep up back and forth. Like, yeah. That he's, he loved that. And like, yeah, like he's just doing it for the fun of it because he, yeah, he likes talking to women. Him, but like, it was just, yeah, and versus, yeah, like I said, Tom Harris comes... Ugh. Uh, comes across as a pickup artist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like that's we kept singing his praises because I knew at some point we'd see a character like this that d- that didn't work. Because mm-hmm. it's really hard to pull off. Yeah. But yeah, he's just gross. He's I just I hate I hate this character. I hate him so much. And his his idea of a fun time. Okay, the show wanted to do next gen's uh, poker game. Mm-hmm. So they said, uh, I don't know, parlor game, uh, pool, good enough. Yeah, that's fine. Well, the other thing with that that's irritating is that they have to go to this stupid uh, uh, Renaissance French bar. French, uh, French bar yeah. When, when the this um, the whole point of this episode is that they have no power. Well, and that's my bad. Thing. Yeah, yeah. The the captain has to forego coffee, which. Okay, we don't exactly like truly understand how the replicator works. Maybe it takes a lot of power. I don't know. But the fact is, it must take substantially less power to generate a cup of coffee for the captain than it does to generate an entire holodeck thing with, you know, simulated personalities and everything else. Like, it has to. And Now and- I'm not sure from what we were talking about before about the, the replicated lungs thing. Because we're talking about something, like, we're talking about, uh, like, the holodeck, which is full of stuff that is not real. Yeah, but Whereas- you can touch it all. You can touch it all. Like, but you my can po- hit a pool ball into another pool ball, so yeah, they're yeah. real in that sense. But my point is, the replicator has to make food that can be converted into actual energy. Like, the replicator needs to make food that actually works as food. Yeah, but all it's doing is... Right, like, in the holodeck, you could have a, a picture of food. Okay, I get that. Yeah. But all the replicator's doing is taking a transporter-like uh, pattern of a cup of coffee and beaming you a new cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. The replicator, like okay. it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it takes up a lot of energy to do that. They beam but my thought, all the my, time. Th- my my basic thought is the replicator needs energy that it can't like reuse. Maybe the holodeck like only uses like a certain amount of energy. I guess it's I don't know. I don't like, like a... I don't like the idea that I'm defending Voyager here. This is just what I started. <laughs> no, no, no. If it about. if it seems right to you, by all means, yeah, like, yeah. You know, it just it doesn't seem right to me. It seems like. I do like doodling it through through and trying to figure out how how it could work. Yeah, I think that's where the it breaks down because none of us knows. Yeah. Well, yeah. The thing is, we have a we have a in universe idea, but we still don't know how much uses more energy than other things or whatever. But my point is, if we're if we're in an energy crunch, and we definitely are, they should be limiting things to essential systems. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my point. Is okay. Maybe it doesn't take up that much energy, but it's still non-essential. It's very yeah, exactly. non-essential. And it wouldn't bother me so much if they just like if they want if Tom and Harry want to have just some creeper conversation, and they want to play pool, like go to the rec room. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if this ship has one, but I know like the Enterprise did the yeah. original Enterprise, mm-hmm. and like it'd be great to have like a game room where everyone hangs out. Like that's the place where everyone hangs yeah. out, and you yeah. don't have holodecks for a while. I'd like yeah. to say I think that's a cool. That would be a much cooler idea too than having like this stupid French bar forever to hang out in. The, like having just a game room in the basement with like you know. Yeah. 
With nice a big screen table. TV and a pool table. Yeah, let's let's be clear. The basement is not the same thing as downstairs. No, no. I want to okay. be very, very yeah. clear on that. Yeah, different concepts. But just to have a place where, like, the crew can sort of hang out and, you know. Yeah, and it's not a bar. It would be work. similar to 10 Forward, but it would be more like Dave and Buster's. Yeah. Like, go play ski ball. It could be a bar that uh, that Tom could jump behind and make, mix up some rookie drinks or whatever. But mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not funny. <laughs> it's, not fu- it's not funny, but I... Like, it is something I buy from Tom Paris the more time I spend with him. Like like many things in life, we laugh because it is funny, but we also laugh because it is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah. hate Tom Paris. Yeah, he's still my least favorite guy, like, mm-hmm. by a lot. Yep. But let's talk about some good things. Uh, uh, Flunk, you go first. Um, well, I, I like the continued focus on resources. Uh, it comes up with bo- in both episodes, and it's the driving force behind this one. Um, they need dilithium, they need replicator goo, they have 37 torpedoes left. I'm sure this will continue to be relevant and even more important as the series goes forward. You can't, you, you can't do that. Huh? Go on. You're obviously being ironic. I don't know what you're can't. talking about. I think that <laughs> it's something that they're going to keep on doing. Uh-huh. No, we, we said this back when we were trying to fix this show back in the day. Like, mm. if... If they had stuck with the whole idea that things are limited and we only have this many photons and we own this and that, like that would have been really cool. Yeah. yeah. And they talk yeah. in the other episode about building a dilithium refinery in uh, in one of the things because they they're going to need to at some point. Yeah, this is all stuff that happens at, at star bases or whatever. Or, yeah. You know, on mining planets, but they and they're going to have to do it on the go. Yeah. 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 So now instead cool. you've got a bunch of bitter crew members who have to mine. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Kim, fresh out of the academy, thinks he's just got to sit at a computer all day, and now he's a miner. It's like, I'm a fucking scientist, man. I'm not mining. Yeah, put this hard hat on. You're to work. It's got a little light on it. Replicate pickaxe. <laughs> well, it but be it's a only a picture pickaxe. of a pickaxe. So. Oh, boy. He's wearing overalls that have, like, yellow stripes. <laughs> They're all down there singing 16 tons. Here's your canary, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Kim. No, I like the I like the limited resource thing, and actually that leads to your quote, which I don't know if you picked because it's terrible, or because it's wonderful, because I can't. Uh, a little niche. Um, I, I I do like it. Um, and I but I mainly picked it because this is this is the quote that always comes up when we talk about Voyager. It's the uh, it's the border everywhere of Voyager, and it's <laughs> Commander, set a new course. There's coffee in that nebula. Yeah, that's my that's my go-to Janeway line. Yep. And it probably always will be. Well, I don't know. Uh, Gav picking Get the Cheese to Sick Base pretty good. Too. Yeah, that's a good one. Is that, a, is, is that a Janeway line, though? I, yes. I think it is. Yeah. yeah, I think I've... I mean, I haven't seen the episode, but I'm pretty sure I've heard it out of context. Get that cheese to Sick Bay. Yep. But, um... That's from the episode where the ship gets the flu. I See, I called it. <laughs> I called it in the pilot, didn't yep. I? It's full of gel packs that are alive, and I bet yep. the ship comes alive at some point. Yep. And guess when is the only time it mattered that they had gel packs? Uh-huh. But, no, I... I if the show's going to be sort of deliberately cheesy like that, if they're just going to give yeah. Janeway lines like, there's coffee in that nebula, like, that's terrible. But on the other hand, it's sort of wink, wink, we know it's a little campy. Mm. I'm fine with that. If that's what we're getting into, that's fun. But... There's an episode coming up... Um, where there's some uh, a little known Starfleet regulation that they have to, and it's it's uh, the Omega Directive, and like that's the the title of the episode, and like they, they they do it, and it comes across as like a really cheesy like '60s era kind of thing, and it, it's really enjoyable, um, but then it goes off to just typical boring techno babble nonsense. But that's too bad. Yeah. No, I I think the people that I've talked to who love this show or at least like it either like it because of nostalgia because they remember liking it as a kid or they embrace the camp like the people who like it because it's kind of horrible (laughs) but on purpose horrible you know like like the way batman 66 was a square it's fun because they know it and they're writing you know they're leaning into it Mm -hmm. so it's okay and if the show did more of that i think i'd probably like it more yeah so uh matt what was your good thing um, what was my good thing? Oh, I had one. Oh, I like the giant space monster. Yeah, I think it's cool and classic Star Trekky. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the when they encounter the crystalline entity, except that I don't hate it. Or the and, amoeba in the original series. Yeah, exactly. Like I love, you know, we're out in the middle of space. There's a giant space thing. It's like a fucking whale or something. 
Yep. And I actually really like uh, when they realize that they've just punched a hole in it, trying to get it out of it. Their first thought is like, oh, fuck. We gotta go help that thing. Yeah. What did we do? Like, oh, my God. We're, we're very bad people. We need to go heal this thing. It's very responsible. Good for you guys. Yeah. No, I agree. Actually, you know what? Forget all of that. My actual good thing. Um, so there's a scene where Neelix and Kess come onto the bridge to uh, pass everyone out uh, uh, treats. Oh, God. There's a scene yeah. where um, where Neelix offers a, uh, a plate of something or other to um, some crew member, and she just has the best fucking O-face ever, and she takes it. <laughs> He's like, here, have one of these. And she's like, oh my! I missed that. Yeah, and I forgot to point it out on the second watch through, but God, it delighted me. Huh. Alright, then. <laughs> no, Neelix, uh, Irish Gav pointed this out to me. Uh, I, he says, I guess he's on the fun team now. Like, uh-huh. the, you know, yeah. the, the office people who plan the birthday parties and, oh, God. And he's yep. the one planning team building exercises. Oh, God. Everybody wear your Seahawks jerseys. <laughs> Guys, it's up here, but, you know. start 847982. It's Wacky Hat Day. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody bring your Hawaiian shirt to work this week. If only Quark was on this crew. I know. Um, My good thing. Um, Okay, so it does descend into Technobabble after a while. But initially, plot-wise... Like, character-wise, it's kind of boring. Plot-wise, there's some good everyone joins in to solve the problem action happening, like, when they're trying to figure out, like, like engineering gets a little thing, and the doctor gets a little thing, and, like, uh, Paris gets a, a piloting thing. Like, they all kind of chip in, and I like when they all work together as a team, and it's not just this week, it's Jordy's time to prove his thing. You know, like, I like when the whole crew works together and he, everybody has a part in the in the thing. Like, well, that's, that's cool. Almost everybody. <laughs> Birdface didn't have anything to do. Okay, yeah. Well, now we need to get through that, I suppose. Oh, God, um, yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> Chakotay really does take Janeway on a vision quest. That's a real thing. Yeah, that happens. That happens so she can find his her spirit animal. Yeah, which they don't use those words. They say something. They don't I say vision quest. They, do. they say things. spirit guide, don't they? Do they? I think so, they do, yeah. I oh, think I so, they was, do. I thought it was animal guide. Oh, maybe. Not spirit animal, but I don't know. We could but, be wrong. It's not like we didn't just watch it. Yeah. Uh, let's let's be honest. We don't really pay that. <laughs> we don't retain anything about it. I take notes the first time, and the second time we just, hey, how was your week? I haven't talked to you since last Saturday. How's it going? <laughs> um, but yeah, so she is on a beach, and there is a lizard, and that's her, that's her spirit animal. Yep. And we have to spend, what, ten minutes of showtime doing this? Uh-huh. Hello, yeah. lizard. What can you tell is, me about myself? Th- there's two things that bug me about this. One, the lizard is not some insight into Janeway's character. It's not some symbol of her. Mm-hmm. It's It happened to Michael Piller, and so he put it in the episode. He went on one of these things at a, at a spa or whatever, saw a lizard, and said, that's funny, I'm going to use it for her. So there's no insight into her. It's not like this animal represents Janeway. It's just represents Michael Pillar. No, I would have loved if they had found like some unique animal to sort of represent her and, you know, and it would make this scene seem like it mattered. Dignified and majestic, maybe, because she's a captain. Mm-hmm. But has <laughs> a really weird answer. voice. Well, she does. Have so a like voice. a parrot. Yep. <laughs> but then again, so did this guy. And we like that. I was thinking more along the lines of a goat, but okay, yeah, something majestic, <laughs> that works too. <laughs> I don't roof, know. I just, a roof like, goat? <laughs> I want to take her seriously is what I've been saying all along, and I'm starting to. Mm-hmm. And the lizard didn't help that. No. If her spirit animal had been something cool, and all I'm thinking is eagle, which is kind of lame and overused, but, you know, like, something, like, powerful that you could take seriously. A pelican. Yes. A pelican. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, it just, and, and the other thing that bugged me is, okay, we're a bunch of white guys, and it's hard to just say, oh, this Indian stuff is terrible. But here's the thing. Chakotay saying, let me tell you about my religion, is it would be exactly the same if some Christian first officer had said, now let me tell you about Jesus for 20 yeah. minutes, and go, here, drop some acid and read the, the New Testament and mm-hmm. hallucinate Jesus. Like, it's the same thing. Like, get get your religion out of my Star Trek. Yeah. Well, and to the show's credit, um, they did hire a Native American consultant to help them with, with these sorts of things. <laughs> you have some insights into that. Uh, the problem with that is that the guy was a big old fraud. 
Uh, he um, wrote a bunch of books in the in the 70s about growing up as a Native American. Um, won an award for one of them in uh, in 78. Uh, then in 1984 was revealed to be uh, 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 an Armenian who was adopted by a Greek family. No native blood in him at all. Okay, now let's be clear. 1984. You know, when Star Trek Three was a thing. Yeah. 11 years before this show went to air. Yep. So and they had a it... little time to figure that out. <laughs> this yeah. guy will do the job. This should I be mean, fine. It's, it is good of them to want to hire a consultant to make yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, absolutely. It, it would be better to hire a writer that is Native American rather than just pay a guy to consult every now and then. Uh-huh. But, but this is the next best thing. Except, yeah, if he's a fraud and he's just a, a European white guy, <laughs> then what's the, like, what's the point? Yeah. And all the, all the vision quest experiences here are based on some white guy who went and paid some money to, to go through a vision quest. So, yeah. Yeah. And saw a lizard. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I... And also the lizard was a terrible actor and didn't want to do anything. And there was a whole fiasco <laughs> about that, too. Well, they couldn't get it to move. Yeah. Which is great. They were trying to get it to move and they, they wasted a bunch of film. This is They're still using film at this point, which costs a lot of money. And they're like, Ugh, forget it. Like they used a hairdryer because they were trying to get it to move without hurting it. And they're like, we get, we're going to have to do the second unit. We don't have time for first unit lizards. <laughs> That is a fantastic quote. I just want to see someone get pissed off and just throw the lizard. <laughs> Look, he's escaping! <laughs> now, if her spirit animal was a lizard flying through the air, that's at least dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them space lizards, like what you read about. Yeah. I mean, you read about. You're, you're a big space lizard fanatic. That's true. I've got, like, over 18 books here about space lizards. So, 19? Uh, yeah, 20. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> over 18. Yeah, over 18. 20. All right. I don't see what the problem here is. But I, so Chakotay, like he's got a he's got a deer skin medicine he's got, yeah. bag. Yeah, I think they call it a medicine bag. I don't think it's his medicine bag. Yeah, yeah. Which he is what has some kind of space hallucinogens in it. He's yeah. He's got like a little like lights out game that apparently um, activates your your LSD part of your brain. Yeah. And and yeah, sends or <laughs> the, the holodeck part of your brain. Right. And yeah, sends yeah. Janeway since, to the beach. Sends Kate Mulgrew to a rocky beach. I will <laughs> say the rocky beach was apparently shot on planet hell, and they did a good job oh, of convincing okay. me they went to a beach. Yeah, Seriously? I thought they went down the street, yeah. yeah. No, no. They, yeah, um, no kidding. No. She was like, it was all I shot. thought that was a legitimate rocky beach. No, on a soundstage. Wow. So that was cool. But it all was right, all, well, I have a third good thing then. It was all <laughs> shot sort of like dreamlike and in the background, so it was e- it's easier to pull off when you're not walking around in it. Right. Like, it was all behind her. So it was, like, mm. forced perspective and stuff like that. But, yeah, it was still pretty effective. Mm. Um, but kudos yeah. to you, Voyager. Nice rocky beach. But every time back in the day when I would make the joke, because my people, like, mm-hmm. about Chakotay, that's, this is the episode I was thinking of. Because, yeah. really, he... And actually, Harry Kim has a an ancient Chinese secret something or other oh, in man. as well. Like, and he drinks think, tea. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, was, that doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me, but it is definitely yeah. When you add it on to everything else, but I mean, you have two guys in that 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 scene. Basically, what happens is that uh, Janeway pops in on uh, Paris and uh, Harry having the you know having their best friend meeting in uh, the mess hall, and you know she's like, "What's going on?" And Harry goes, "There's an ancient Chinese proverb that goes, may you live at interesting times.' You know, you can give that to the non-Asian character and not look like an asshole." Yeah. And so between that and then uh, Chakotay's medicine bag of, of you know, peace, yeah. we smoke them peace pipe. Yeah. Like, it's, it's don't let their ethnicity define them. That's, yeah. th- there's, uh, I mean, they did it with O'Brien, but, you know, yeah. he's white, so it's not as bad. <laughs> yeah. I, it, my only thing is that if they'd given the proverb to uh, Paris, it would have meant that he read something, and I don't believe that for a second. Mm. No, and see, that part of his character I don't hate, because he is a pilot and he is kind of like good at the one thing and kind of stupid about everything else. And that mm-hmm. I like, <laughs> I just wish he would stop doing everything. He's else. a hotshot flyboy who doesn't play by your rules. Uh, play by my <laughs> rules. They're there for a reason. No, he's, he's good at pulling a couple of levers, but he can't read. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like I've known, I, I knew some pilots in the military and they weren't that stupid, but they, they were very specialized in their knowledge. They know, 
what they know and they don't care about anything else. Yeah. Like being a pilot is the only thing that matters and fuck all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what else? I hate Tom Paris. Well, and, and really your bad thing kind of, kind of includes that. Uh, oh yeah. No, that fucking, the entire goddamn, uh, the entire goddamn bar scene, which we've talked about. Yeah. From the second they walk in there to the second they leave. I hate it. I hate They Tom don't Harris. leave. The episode fades out while they're still in there. Oh, that's right. Until yeah. the second we leave. Yeah. <laughs> I hate them. I hate the bar. I hate Tom Paris. I want to stab this episode in the throat. Well, we'll it's be going horrible. back to that bar a lot. So I, that's well, the thing. Like I said, they were, gumdrops. They spent a lot of money on that set, and they're going to get their use out of it. Well, Ugh. they want it to be, this is, you know, like I said, they wanted it to be. They wanted it to be Vicks, really. Let's be honest. Mm, yeah. Uh, I well, they wanted it to be Quarks, which is the actual bar. Yeah. But yes. Sort Why are they stuff. not in space? There's no reason for them not to be in space. <sighs> I don't know. I get the holodeck. It's fine. But Yeah, but you you got two different not space adventures happening at the same time that they're yeah. in space. That's a good point. Somebody imagining they're on a beach and someone imagining they're in a bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're on the other side of the galaxy. You can go to a beach bar if you want to. Just Plus, go to find a beach bar planet. Plus Janeway is the science one. Who wants to go poke at all the weird stuff she sees along the way? Why is she off on a vision quest? I actually, I like that as her being excited by new things. Oh, me too. That's the thing is like they should be going home, but every time they pass something cool, she wants to stop and look at it. And that fits. I I have no problem with it in in theory, but there was no reason for her to like, even the, the, like the Tom and Harry thing, like they were just going to go and relax for, for a little bit. But, like, Janeway wasn't going through some sort of personal crisis that she needed to, to consult with a guide about. No, she, she was really just like, yeah, sure, I got an hour to kill. I'll go. Why yeah. not? Yeah. No, I, I will say, though, I, her, I, I don't know that I'd call it an arc, but sort of her general direction was typically a captain. I mean, Cisco's the exception to the rule, but everyone else is sort of loneliness of command, kind of distance from the crew. And she's like, I can't do that. We're stuck out here. There's only 200 of us or however many there are. This is all we have. We got to be more like a family. I got to be more like their mom, and I got to get more involved. Like, I can't be distant because this is all we got. Yeah, and, well, I mean, that also, like, that ties into her personal, like, like for her sanity, too. She's got to start connecting with people because she doesn't, she can't yeah. have a life outside yeah, the ship. Yeah, she needs a friend. Yeah, yeah, she's not allowed to fraternize with anyone in the crew. Well, then who does that leave? Neelix and Kess. Yeah. Those are the only people on the ship who are yeah, in the crew. That's... Yeah, like... Uh, like, <laughs> Do you want to deal with, um, you know, Neil practicing his magic tricks, or <laughs> you know, my illusions, Cass? <laughs> you don't have time for my illusions. Yeah. Also, we're dating. <laughs> no, she kisses him in this episode. She, she does kiss him in this kiss. episode. Only took five episodes, but she does kiss. But and she kiss. makes the move. She initiates, so yep. it's not like it, it. You know, he he forced his gross self on her. <laughs> He didn't Tom Paris her. No. Yeah. As it will now be known. I bet Neelix has a bizarre shaped penis. Got like droopy skin everywhere. I was Uh, I was waiting for and it's spotted. I bet it looks like the I bet it looks like the Nagus' face. (laughs) Zip quack quack. It's time to have sex. It's got the Mohawk going down the top. Oh yeah, of course. (laughs) I'm going to be honest here. This was really just one last chance to hear Al's uh, Nagus impression. Oh, it'll come up again, I'm sure. Listen, uh, Wallace Shawn is not long for this world. When he dies, we'll, I'll do a tribute. <laughs> My one-man show, a tribute to Wallace Shawn. Sarah McLaughlin's playing in the background. <laughs> Inconceivable! <laughs> um, I think... Oh, oh, there's a, there's a bit where... Uh, if this had been my episode, my quote would have been, um, Bilana, uh, they're, they're hanging out in the bar at the end and Paris does something Parisy, and she goes, Ugh, you're a pig and walks yep. away. Like th- that would have been my quote. Well spotted, Bilana. Well spotted. Yeah. Except I know where they end up. Yeah. I was about to say, spoilers. They get married. I know. But still. Right also, now it's nice. Their marriage only matters when the writers care about it. Eh, There's like, an episode where one of them is is dying and the other one isn't even in the show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
hey, people really seem to like this on DS9 when we married off two main characters. Let's do it too. That's, eh, I don't want to stick with it. Going back to, to Tom and Harry, like they're very clearly trying to do Data Jordy, uh, O'Brien yeah. Bashir. Yeah. But like O'Brien and Bashir hated in. each other. Like that was a that was a natural yeah. evolution yeah, no, of their, their relationship. Their friendship felt incredibly natural because we actually saw it develop. And the yeah, same thing nobody... with, with with Dana and Jordy to a degree, where like the pilot episode didn't start with uh, Jordy going, "Hey, robot, will you be my friend?" Yeah, like like they no, they just worked well together, and the writers just started pairing them up. Yeah, more. that's how you do it yeah. organically. You discover yeah. which actors have a rapport, and then you pair them up. But no, they're yeah. they're best friends, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Whereas best I, friends again, I'll say. Tuvok and Janeway having an like an established friendship actually works for me mm-hmm. because they they met off camera. They've known each other for a few years. He served under her for three years or something. Yeah, and so that makes sense. We didn't see them meet and just become friends. Well, no. Then the difference too is they're both good actors that are yeah that that's true working well together. <laughs> yeah, I was reluctant to say that about Kate Mulgrew, but I'm I, like I say this week sold me on her acting. Yeah, she's getting better. Well, yeah, that, she'll continue to get better. If future problems happen because of script, then that's one thing, but I don't want to hold that against her. Yeah, I, I found moving forward that uh, that she's really good with the right material. Um, but the right material rarely comes by. Said, yeah. yeah, they write her inconsistently is the big problem. Yeah. She does, also I've noticed, she does some really good, I don't have a better word for this, but like background act, like her body language is really good. Um, yeah. That, that that scene towards the end of the second episode where they're in the bar and some dude comes over and just hits on her. Oh, and yeah. she just yeah, starts yeah. being delighted by it. Like, this is what Tom Paris gets up to in his off hours. Huh? Oh, it's like, this is hilarious. <laughs> yep. Or uh, at the beginning of the episode, there's that, like, when she's in the background looking for coffee. It's it's really comical if you could just see her. It's like way over exaggerated, but yeah. because it's in the background, yeah, she she's of out of focus in the background while while Tom and Harry are talking, yeah. and yeah, but she's, but like, she's yeah. doing the big like turning the pot all the way over and shaking it, like all yeah, that looking stuff. in it like Wiley e. Coyote and like. No, it's fantastic. But yeah, because it's in the background, it's not a big deal. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's great, and I I also really liked that she wipes the floor with everyone in pool because like. I totally buy science nerd equals math nerd equals geometry nerd. Yeah. Like, that all tracks and geometry nerds kick ass at pool. Like yeah. they just look at the table and they say, if I hit this, that goes there, that goes there. I win. Mm-hmm. And she seems like that kind of person. I, that, that totally well, I also, I don't think for a second, this is her first time at a pool table. Oh no, no. I just not. like, Oh, how can I connect with the, with the crew? Oh, I know. I'll steal all their money. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? A pool table? I, I you'll have to teach me this game. I'm just a girl. I don't know this. <laughs> no, she's that... doing a good job of the the science thing is a big thing for me. There's a bit, a, just a, just a tiny bit, not so much that it's annoying and not so much that it's a cliche, but a little bit of maternal in her, a little bit of like I'm yeah. the ship's mom, not in a bad way. Yeah, like like uh, not in a Beverly like way. Picard and and Cisco were the ship's dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. She's it, it's it's not mom in a derogatory way. It's that she's the ship's parent. Yeah, and it's. It's good. She does a good job of like, I got to watch over these people. I got to take an interest in them because we're all stuck together for a while. Yeah. On the other hand, she is a dog person, so fuck her. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Fuck you. How about that? The show is hosted by two dog people, so. uh, Fuck you and fuck cats. Yeah, I said it. Write all emails to post-atomic horror at whatever the fuck our address is. (laughs) It's Gmail, Matt. Fuck cats. (laughs) No, I like cats. cats, too. Also, we've already had cats. We had Spot. It's true. So it's time for some dogs. And yeah, but it was a cat that Jordy didn't understand how cats work. Well, that's yeah. I, I, still I can't train this cat. Also, now I'm uh, now I'm just picturing in Janeway's quarter. She's got that famous picture of dogs shooting pool. <laughs> she's a dog sure. person, and she shoots pool. I'm pretty sure the only reason she wanted to go on the vision quest is because she was hoping there would be a dog. Yeah, she wanted a dog to pet. I can respect that. Yeah. They're, look, we're we're eighty thousand light years from the nearest dog. Maybe I can see an imaginary dog. Mm, yeah, there's I'm not gonna, gonna t- be a dog in Tom Paris's terrible like French bistro. Well, he can't have sex with a dog, so. What? And then he's like, "Well, then again." He strikes yeah. me as the kind of guy who would buy a dog just to pick up one. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. What's the cutest dog? What's the dog that you would say women would respond most? Yeah, to? he would do the research. He would. He can would I? Go- yeah. Can I just you can I just keep this one until it's not a puppy anymore and then bring it back and get a new puppy? Yeah. 
Just so I always have puppies. Like leasing a car. Yeah. He's at the dog park with no dogs, but with a pair of binoculars. Yeah. He really is like Larry from Three's Company. Yeah. Except not as charming. Yeah. He's like, he's fucking, he's fucking mystery. What? The pickup artist. The what? Oh, okay. There's this pickup artist and he basically, he changed his name to mystery. One word. Lord. Because and that, it's not because, spelled like mystery. I forget how it's spelled, yeah. but it's... Is it like what, Mr. Like an, e? No. It's no, because like, DC owns the rights to that. Yeah. No. Okay, then. But because... It, and then he picks up women because he's mysterious. Uh-huh. Okay. And he wears is, a big furry top hat. One of those people. Yeah, because it's... For his place as any to end the episode, I uh-huh. think. <laughs> Flonk, why don't you tell the people about your fine review blog? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm uh, watching TV and reviewing it, recapping it. Um, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I know. I wonder where I got it. And uh, yeah, right now, invent it. Right now, I'm doing Lost, and uh, it's called the Darmok Initiative because everything has to include a Star Trek joke somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, that can be found at whyamiwatching.blogspot.com. Very nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So next week we probably have a guest because season one is short and it's pretty much booked up with guests yeah so i don't have the list in front of me but uh two more episodes of voyager hooray keeping an open mind matt get us out of here next week on upn (laughs) homeboys from outer space see you folks the post-atomic horror podcast is a co-production of ron algar watt and matt robotham copyright 2015 Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.